So now we got to talk about sex when you're not married. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's going, no, please don't. I'll go ahead and spearhead uh, these first couple of passages. Okay, That'd yeah, be ahead. great. Go ahead. Okay. So starting off in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 1-4. through four, Now concerning the things whereof ye wrote unto me, it is good for a man to not touch a woman. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife, and let every woman have her own husband. Verse 3 through 4. Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence, and likewise also the wife unto the husband. The wife hath not power of her own body, but the husband, and likewise also the husband hath not power of, of his own body, but the wife. I like that it says, to avoid sinning, get married. Yeah, I mean, it, that that's how serious it is, guys, girls that are listening out there right now. It's that serious. Like, listen, if you can't contain yourself, then you need to... You need to find buckle down, somebody. find somebody that, that finds somebody that's good for you, but yeah. and be married because otherwise, if you're going to have sex, you're 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 damning yourself. That's really at the end of the day. It's it, 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 and man, it's that's such a stupid vice. It, it is such, su- such a stupid reason to fall on. And you know what? Or fall because of this is reason why it's important for both men and women to dress modestly when they can, and I'm. I'm not here. I'm not. Well, I'd be pot calling the kettle back, you know, black, if you will. When I was a, a young guy, and I still to this today, I mean, I went everywhere with pretty much in a pair of umbro shorts and a pair of flops, no shirt, no nothing. And yep, I was built and I loved it because it got me attention. But who did I cause to sin doing that? Really, at the end of the day, who did I distract, you know, doing so? It's not good. You like to see another guy, couples walk by and have the girl look at you. Oh, yeah. You know yeah. I mean? well, it was fun. I, I mean, I'd be lying if, if I didn't say that. It was fun. And, and you, you could feel his. Mm-hmm. His like, uh, you know, sort of feeling like, oh, why is this guy got to be walking by? And you know what? The same has happened to me before, you know, same thing. You know, I'll go out and you got some dude on the beach walking out, you know, like, oh, whatever, dude. You know, you know what he's thinking. Yeah, exactly. Know? I know exactly what he's thinking. Um, but what is really interesting about this verse, these verses, uh, Mason, is we are not in, in overpower of our own bodies when it comes to marriage. Mm-hmm. If if the wife wants a piece of us, we, we, then we're on. If we want come a piece of it, the wife, baby. come get it, baby. Uh, and and if we want a piece of wife, there we are not to abstain or hold from one another um, from the marriage bed because I, I call it draining the swamp. That is that is what number one. It is the number one thing, right? The only thing really a married couple can do that you and a a girl that's a, just a friend cannot do. Mm-hmm. Right, friends can talk. You can listen. You could do whatever and all that stuff. But when it comes to sex, it is a holy moment between a man and a wife. It's the best, in my opinion, one of the best forms of spiritual warfare that the devil can't get in between. You know what I'm saying? Like this is me and my woman. That's why people are also so weird about it because it is something special. It is probably one of the most intimate things you could possibly ever do. With another person, and this society now just tosses it around like it's like it's nothing. Like it's a commodity. Desensitized. It, it 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 literally in all of our media that we see, we are desensitized. In fact, the what girls wear walking around today would have been unimaginable not all that long ago. Literally, there is nothing left to the imagination at this point when it comes to women. You go on a girl's around. Instagram profile, you can see anything. Yeah, it's funny because like look at it this way, like. Playboy magazine really doesn't have anything anymore. There was a time when the only time you could see girls dressed in scantily clad clothing would be like if you opened up a Playboy magazine, right? You you didn't see them in the normal public. Now, 
It's like that's just what they wear going out. It's like, oh, no big deal. Girls popping their tops off. It don't matter. Like oh. they're just living their life doing whatever. And it's like, can you imagine like what what's going on in people's minds? What is sacred? And that's where the conditioning comes from. That's where the devil's like using it. Like, yeah, it's okay. And all of it's just right. sliding under the radar. Nobody really thinks twice about it. No, yeah. it's been let go. It's and, been normalized. And if you speak up against it now, saying that oh. women should drop should, should dress more modestly, you're a sexist pig. And I'm trying to control your life, apparently. But <laughs> Well, that's just said. The devil is clever about always getting you to approve of someone's sin. That's that's the way you got to be. And you show your love, approve of sin in order to show your love they for somebody. They think people doing whatever they want, being free like that, is going to create a utopia, create happiness for everybody. That's not how it works. You need laws to build a society upon. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. And, and I'm not know, saying it should be a law that you can't wear Daisy Dukes or anything. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not upset, but. <laughs> so, so the, the, it's so serious that it says when it comes to having sex outside of marriage, it's better for you to marry. Right. And then when we look, understand that when you have sex outside of marriage, look at what you're causing the Lord to be exposed to. First Corinthians six, 13 and 15 meats for the belly and belly for the meats, but God shall destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for fornication, but it's for the Lord and the Lord for the body. Know ye not that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? God forbid. Wow. Your body is not for your own pleasure. Yeah, yeah. And certainly, this is speaking particularly fornication. This is outside of the marriage bed, right? This is fornication outside of the marriage bed. It's You are literally whoring out God when you do that. The Holy Spirit is inside of you as a Christian. You have to understand these are the things you're getting into. So I just want to make sure, um, can you explain specifically what adultery is and what fornication is to someone that may not know? So straight out, adultery is an act of a married person really stepping outside of the marriage bed. In Um, a sexual way or in in a, in a lustful way. Well, yes, we can get into that as well. You know, even thinking lustful thoughts, you've committed adultery already. And we do, I do have that verse uh, loaded in here a little bit later on. But certainly, even the thought of, so as husbands, as wives, you're, you are to remain clean in your mind um, about the people that you think about. So if you're getting lustful thoughts against someone else, I would tell you, it's not only time to repent, but you got to start figuring out why are you thinking that way? What's going on? Again, are you not having enough sex in your marriage? Yep. Are you not, you know, ladies, listen, we always know there's, there's most cases, there's a huge difference between the sexual drive between the man and the woman. Uh, the woman's is usually not as strong. Sometimes it's the other way around, but that's not, that's the exception, not the rule. But ladies understand that it's important, not, you know, well, I don't feel like it, whatever. It's like, listen, you got to take the guns out or the bullets out of the gun, you know, at the end of the day, right? You, you've got to disarm your husband, they're, they're between, you know, what he sees every day. Just remember, all around you, wherever he walks in today's day, is huge you amounts of temptation. That that's something you're signing up for by getting married. Oh, absolutely. It, it, it should be understood. Like, I'm signing up to be married. Like, hey, when I marry you, you can't have sex with this anybody else. Means. Just me. So if you're withholding, what are you doing? You're causing your husband to sin. You At the end of the sin. day, you will literally cause your husband to sin or to start thinking lustful thoughts. Yes, he should remain in control, but the Bible says you are not to withhold from him or and vice versa. So, but the Bible is not telling you that 
to make you a slave to the guy. It's telling you that it's telling you that because it knows what's better for you and better for your marriage. Absolutely. And and it says both ways. So it's not that the woman is enslaved to her husband or vice versa. It is not the case when it comes to that sexual in, in our bodies. Right. Straight out, it says you do not have ownership of your body. Your wife does. And she does not have ownership. You do. Right. So I can tell you, yes, as a married husband, we married a long time. Love having sex. It's important for me. Like I said, drain the swamp. You know, help me be more clear-minded. I appreciate it. Um, but certainly a man can tell the difference between when the wife is into it and not. And you got to figure out how to continually keep the fire going in relationship. When, like when you were dating, right? You you had a way that you just were happy to see each other. And it's hard as life just kicks you in the junk down the road, you know, to stay there. But you got to work on those that's things. That's the killer of marriages right. is when they become stagnant. Oh, like mm-hmm. a- absolutely! Don't let it go, love. ladies. If you can't remember the last day, or if it was over a week, it's been way too long. You're in danger. There should be a red siren going off. The guy's in danger. (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah. And seriously, when it comes down to it, it's like only 30 seconds you got to put up with. Okay. (laughs) I mean, like, come on. Make make it a challenge for him. You got got 60 seconds. (laughs) Try to be bad. (laughs) (laughs) Try to be bad. And, and, And be in the moment, you know, be in the moment and understand what you're doing in those moments. Is, is bonding yourself spiritually and, and really before God still in a holy moment and certainly spiritual warfare. And you'll see the difference. I'll tell you what, as husbands, I've seen so many that are frustrated because they're not having sex uh, and, and it gets them frustrated and they, they start talking nonsense. Not, you know, if I don't get some soon, I'll tell you what, it shouldn't ever be the case. And you have to ask yourself, where did you go wrong? Right? Somewhere in your relationship, you think started to go wrong and husbands and most of the time, have you been doing yeah, the most right of the time? Things? It just wasn't built on the foundation. It should have been built on. Well, that and husbands forget what makes a woman happy. You'll be surprised at how willing she will be to have sex when you've been doing the husbandly duties you should be doing. If you're Mr., you know, I just go to work, I come home and I sit on the couch while she's still after work coming home and we're doing all the other work. Well, now it's not helping. Or if there's that one thing she needs, she keeps asking you to do and you just ignore it and put it off because it's not important to you. Well, how can she have this attention and love? She needs to feel like you care enough and you show that through your actions. Ladies, pay attention to the smallest things that you do, the smallest and that makes them go overboard with joy. So pay attention. Get those get those things in check. Yeah. So that's adultery in a nutshell. <laughs> now, can you describe nope. fornica- fornication in a nutshell, just to make sure that everybody's understanding? Okay. So just the basic terms. So forn- fornication. Fornication really happens outside of the marriage altogether. So that's that's two single people having sex. There's fornication. Uh, when you get to even in the marriage, the Bible does say, you know, in a marriage, adultery is when you have sex with another person's wife or husband and so on. And that fornication, where you had sex with someone that wasn't married. Essentially, sex, anytime an unmarried person has sex, there is the, the actual commitment of fornication. If we want to get down into the, the fine line. So, so they kind of overlap, essentially. Like fornication and adultery do overlap. Yep. Essentially, they're, they're involved with one another. So it's important to understand, yes, and, and if we wanted to get into oral sex and all these other things, like, listen, do not try to split hairs with God, okay? Because you will lose You'll that lose battle. You'll lose in the end. Absolutely. It's like fighting the wall in gym. And, and here's the if you big, run into it, you lose. <laughs> and, and here's the biggest lie that society is telling us today is that we have these areas of gray, right? 
With God, it is literally black and white. There are no areas of gray with him. And that's hard pill. That's a hard pill for every uh, for to swallow, but that's the way God is. Do not try to lawyer yourself out of things, out of these situations when it comes to the law of God, because you will. That's what be, the devil does. Oh yeah, exactly. Amen. But that you will be very, very shocked when it comes judgment day. And keep in mind, you know, when we talk about fornication. So to, just to be clear. You know, you could say, well, you know, is it just sex? Is it oral sex? Yeah, yeah, it's all the above because even lustful thoughts, right, are the sin. So the point is, is no, um, you know, having oral sex doesn't cut the corner and give you something else to do. If your seed is being spewed into someone that is not your wife, you're at danger already. You've committed fornication. You've had lustful thoughts. You know, <laughs> you know yourself, you've had them if you're going to be honest with that. And, and as we talk about fornication in, yeah, oh, oh, we're right. continuing from, uh, it was actually 13 through 18. So if we go on verses 18 and 19 and 20 here, I'm uh, going wow. to 20 here, flee fornication, flee. Okay, folks saying run from it. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not of your own, for ye were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Uh, so, though your body belongs to the Lord, and so fornication is bad. Fornication, stay away Again, from your it. Your body's not for your own pleasure. And if you want to take this Bible and you want to twist the verses to make it fit, then you are no longer a Christian at the end of the day. All you've done then is rewrite your own Bible to make yourself feel good with the position you're in. And I've heard people say that. Well. <laughs> You know, the Bible and this and it says you can't have sex outside of marriage and blah, blah, blah. And I just don't believe that's true. Oh, that's right. I forgot. You are just so worthy of writing the, the scripture and God's word. You know, I, I, I know you and throughout your life and you're the last person that I would follow as a human being. So that has no weight with me. But if criminals got to write their own Bible, they would probably remove stealing out of there. Like, yeah, hey, let's cut that out, too. I don't like that. I don't believe that. I'm not really stealing. I'm just. Borrowing, borrowing for, for an extended period of time. The yeah, ten, yeah. The you ten know, crack commandments. I was going to pay him back, but <laughs> I wanted to pay him back like two days after I die. Uh, yeah, what? <laughs> they, yeah, you yeah. know what? Let's just go ahead and remove the whole entire Bible except for in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. <laughs> yeah, that's we'll the just, only thing. We'll just do that. Yeah, we'll just just do after that. the Big Bang, it was just set in motion and everybody did whatever they wanted. <laughs> We're all animals. Uh, but one thing I would like to say is uh, going to scripture here. If you go to Proverbs chapter 7. Uh, starting at 6, but I'm not going to read all of it because it is a little lengthy. I'm going to pick up in Scripture at 21. It talks about the ways of the harlot and how to a unmarried man it can seem very sweet that she has covered her bed with tapestry, that she has perfumed her bed with heirlooms and cinnamon. And then we get into Scripture. With her much fair speech, she caused him to yield with the flattering of her lips, she forced him. And in that sense, saying that his his temptation and this lust has forced him to commit fornication with her. And then it says, He goeth after her stairway as an ox goeth into the slaughter, or as a fool into the correction of the stocks, till a dirt strike through his liver, as a bird hasteth to the snare, and not knoweth that it is for his life. 
Yes, Jezebel is good. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's basically Jezebel has a great way, and and I'm sure every guy has met those ladies throughout their life, and vice versa. Every lady has certainly met those guys throughout their life who has a it's great talk, going. great game, has all just, oh, wow, and you got a player. At the end of the day, you got a player that's playing the game, and they're promiscuous, and it just perpetuates itself, so don't be fooled so easily by that. But literally, it's talking about a snare. It's talking about the end of your life. Like This, is, this will cost you mm-hmm. your salvation. Yes. You're like a bird to the snare. They don't even realize it. They're just flying in. <laughs> done. They're done. That quick, um, so let's let's talk about the cost of of adultery and fornication uh, in First Corinthians six nine. You want to go ahead and read there? Yeah, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. So this is powerful. Uh, it goes on and on and on, but right. it has to. <laughs> right. And it's important to understand, so adulterers nor effeminate. And again, that's that's it would be your cross-dressers. Uh, that would be your transgenders and so on. But then also abusers of themselves of mankind. That means men to men, women to women. Okay. That's what that means. So that is homosexuality. And it goes on to name a ton of others. So those aren't just the only one. But again, because we're talking about sex, uh, these scripture verses need to be uh, mentioned in there. And so, again, it's fornicators as well. So we look at all those. Now you should know better. It says, but you are washed, but you are sanctified. But now you are now justified. You should know better by this point, if you're already a Christian, that none of these Previous adjectives are going to get you anywhere. And, and it says they will, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, what is important about that? And as that last verse talks about that, but you were washed, you were sanctified. So, but such were, were some of you. In other words, we've all got sin. We've all got sin to deal with. Understand that this is, you know, because we're talking on sex, that's what we're going to focus on here. But some, but some of you were this way. Meaning they walked away, they repented from those ways. So when it says an adulterer will not enter the kingdom of heaven, or or a fornicator, or uh, effeminate, or abusers of themselves, understand it's that the damnation and the abomination is not the person; it's the sin that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the, that's what's an abomination to God. You so, have to turn from it. You have to know. Absolutely. It's wrong. So Jesus loves us all. It says He will leave the ninety nine. And go after the one that's lost. And that's important. And he came into this world not to condemn the world, right? But that the world through him might be saved. And that's for all of us. That's every single person. So we can't look at, you know, any one person, whether they're a cheater or whatever else, and, and dig onto them. We understand it's our job to help the end, you pull break, them out of it. You break one law, you break them all. You are all those different Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's important to understand because as Christians, it's very easy. Like, you know, people want to jump on the judgment bandwagon. They, they judge other by their, their actions and they judge themselves by their intentions, you know, whatever it is, but who they think they now are. Yes. So it's important to understand it's our job to really seek really salvation for the people around us. So we speak the truth of the scripture and the scripture says, if you are doing these things, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. But if you're turned from them, right, you repent 
that you are sanctified. You are washed clean by the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I, I'm going to just say that's beautiful. Like, it is. It's yeah. almost like it, it puts me at ease because I know that every single one of in this room cannot. We're not holier than anybody else. We're no. just sinners the same. Absolutely. But in that case, as long as you become washed through Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. And it's just like. But you have to oh, be humble. Man. Yes. You, you, have, exactly. to and you have to step away from your sin. So if you're continuing on in that lifestyle, uh, good luck making it there. It because, is a fight. You will have to work on yeah. it. It's not just one day you're a sinner, one day you're not. It, well, absolutely. There's things in our lives, all of us, okay? Uh, homosexuality is a temptation. Um, no different than you could have anyone else that has a particular propensity to do something. You have thieves who have no problem breaking into someone's home or using guns to steal from someone. Whatever the case is, they have no problem doing it. That's not a normal behavior. And those who do it obviously have a propensity for that. Um, same thing with addiction. You know, you can take this person who drank one drink and that's, ugh, they don't even care for it ever again versus another person who took the same drink and now they're an addict, they're an addict of that. So now they're, their sin that drives them and pulls them hard is this addiction, and they're fighting that for the rest of their life. Yeah. So homosexuality for people, many times they're going to fight that throughout their life. Certainly Jesus can set you free from that, and I know you're going to get people hearing this like, oh, here we go again. You know what? Listen, say what you will. The Bible is very clear. If you want to, if you want to ignore it, that's up to you. You you will answer to the Lord for mm -hmm. it. There's no question about it. It doesn't matter if you prefer guys over women. I mean, if that's what you want to define yourself being gay as, it's the same thing as I prefer stealing food from people's pantries instead of going and buying them from the grocery stores. Right. Yeah. Either it, way, it's still wrong. It's still wrong. It doesn't and, matter. That's a good way to put it. And, that really is. And you can't. The world is trying to normalize most most sins. In fact, just in the last you know handful of years, I've seen what used to be immoral now raised up to the top as being what you need to do, right? And, and that's scary to see this reversal. Then, Not to mention the continual reversal of if you don't agree and approve and participate in my sin, then you're a hater, you're a bigot. We're just slowly being brainwashed and desensitizing into drinking the Kool-Aid, you know? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, to the point where literally at this point now most of the world is going, well, this is normal. That's normal. You know, no, no, it's not normal, right? None of it's normal. Um, and let's see, let's see, if we go into Galatians, it's important to see here in Galatians 5, 5, 16 through 19. Actually, it goes on. I think we're going to go through uh, 24. 24 there. And this is a little bit of a, a run on scripture, but it's again getting into all of these items. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye, not, uh, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the, lust, for the flesh lust is against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another. Obviously, we feel that battle, right? So that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, Fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murdering, murder, uh, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of which I tell you before, as I have told you in the past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affection and lust. So it's important 
that we crucify that flesh. But, but if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Can you explain that a little more? In other words, right here where it says meekness, temperance, and against, it's continuing on, it says there is no law. In other words, as long as you know that you need fixed. That what he's saying is there's no law against those any of those things. Like you're you're fine. There isn't. There's law against sin, but there's no law against cleanness, righteousness is what it's saying when you read that. Um, here we go. Where, where we go in there? But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under law. There's there's no laws for goodness, right? Right. Okay. Other than to say you you should be good, but it's not written as a law. It's not going to send you to hell to be good. When I read that, I still read. I still put that in cahoots almost with. A Christian's walk to becoming more clean because when you become a new Christian you're still gonna have temptations that you used to have so when a new Christian reads but if you be led of the spirit you're not under the law yeah they have to finish reading reading that that yeah. right there because as it finishes those pieces it finishes up after it names all those things which are good things and it says against such there is no law you're not under the law under a law for those those are good things to do there's no laws written against them um, and yes as a Christian, so to be very clear, we are not sinless. And if you, th and we're going to get to those verses there. If you think you have no sin, you are a liar, yeah. right? And God is not in you. So understand, we are not sinless, but we sin less. And that's that's the goal at the end of the day. So okay. one thing that I I take from this verse, unless you have anything else to add to what you're talking about here, Jonathan, is the part about lust. You know, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And there is a ton, a ton in the Bible about lust and how it is deceitful. And if we go to Ephesians 4.22, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. Lust and the drive for sex is is deceitful. It will bring you to those temptations. It will bring you to that fornication, which will ultimately <laughs> hurt you. You know what I mean? You know, it's funny is you know you hear always people talk about the money is root of all evil, and I I would say in today's uh, day and age that sex is the root of all evil because it's pretty much where everything focuses to. If a man has money, he's using it to buy sex, to get sex, and and it all focuses back down to that. But when it talks about walking in the Spirit, listen, that means you are digging into your Bible, you're reading your Bible, you're going to church, you're sharing the gospel, and you're soaking yourself in that to help keep you away from the lusts of the world. Because as soon as you step away from God, the devil is going to be in your ear pressing hardcore, hardcore every single day. It doesn't matter I don't care, right, whether you're a pastor, preacher, whatever. It doesn't matter. The devil's at you every single day. you got to fight that each time. Um, and Mason, in Matthew uh, 5 there. Okay, so Matthew chapter 5, verses 27 through 30. Ye have heard it, that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you, as whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her, hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. And if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out, and cast it out from thee, for it is profitable for thee, and that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off, and cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee, that one of, the, one of thy members should perish, and that thy whole body should be cast into into hell. You, I was just about to bring that up. It's right. beautiful. Okay. Oh, yeah, it is. Well, well understand that that's literally is how serious it is. So if you're taking sex, you're taking adultery, you're taking all this, and you don't think it's a big deal, I mean, the Lord's like, well, just, just 
cut something off. And they left the important part. I'll cut the one that (laughs) cut your third member off. Uh, You know, and, and, and and the point (laughs) is, is listen, it's that dangerous. And this, this, uh, what you just, this verse right here, that cuts the people try to say, Oh, well, what's porn? I'm not actually having sex with anybody. Your mind is that verse condemns porn right there. Right there. Absolutely. Folks, gentlemen, you cannot, sit there and watch porn without having sinned against God. And remember, God is in you in the Holy Spirit. So you're literally forcing, you're forcing him God to that. watch porn yeah. with you. Mm-hmm. And right. what your eyes are soaking in, if you're married, you're ruining your marriage. I'm going to tell you right now, because what you're doing is, is you're conditioning your own mind and you expect your wife to perform to what you've been watching for hours on end, every day, every day, every day. And then you walk into the bedroom and you, if it isn't what you've been watching on TV, it's not good enough for you. You're ruining your marriage and it takes years to recover from that of no more porn for your mind to get back to purity, to even, even rescue that. So shame on you. Yeah, don't no, do one, it. Don't one, do it. Yeah. One thing that I, I, one thing that hit me hard cause I was, I was listening to another podcast and the gentleman said, when, when you're, when you're talking about lust and fornication and all these type of things, Think of it as, would I be willing to do this in front of someone else, i.e. watch porn? On top of that, would you be willing to do this unto your father, the one that has created you, given you love, given you thought, given you all these things? Would you be willing to sit in front of him and do these acts? I don't think so. So right there is a direction that you can tell yourself is, would I be okay with doing this in front of somebody well, else? You are, you are. Everything you do yes. is in front of Oh, him. yes. It's just a perspective exactly. that needs <laughs> changed. But yes, uh, to your point, yeah, if you're if you if a pastor uh, showed up to your house, mm-hmm. you're going to leave the porn on and you're going to be jerking off in front of him. And you know you know what's funny is, is when I was a teenager, I remember my dad, you know, if I had a girlfriend over, my, my dad was very strict, you know, but it's funny. He was like, uh, you know, you guys just sit there four feet on the floor, meaning you couldn't lay down on the couch, you know, together, nothing four feet on the floor. Maybe you're, you're sitting upright and side by side. And uh, I remember him saying, you know, yeah, you guys don't need to be going out and walking around over here, over there. Anyways, whatever you do, if you can't do it in front of me, then you shouldn't be doing it. You know? Yeah. And I remember thinking like, oh, that's, it's that's, true. That, that's actually a valid, great way to do it. Like, Okay, if the Lord was standing right here, would I still continue on and be confident uh, that He's not going to, you know, be ashamed or or send me to send me to the grave over it? So then, another thing that I have to add is we were talking about how fornication and adultery is a sin against your body. Um, you do have to realize that lust, something that is in your mind, is a battle and a war against the soul, and we can read that in Peter. 2.11, where he says, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. It is, it is, it is hard to get past those things. And it's not just the body, but it is, it is the soul. It is, it is difficult to get through these things. Right. And, and, and our, go ahead, Mason. Well, I wanted to go and elaborate one more time on, on the pornogra- pornography thing. Uh, guys, it will literally ruin your life. And and not even just the sense of it, you know, what it does to your mind and soul and, and how it's an abomination to God, but you yourself can get erectile dysfunction from watching pornography, being desensitized to it. Absolutely. it naked women won't do it for you anymore. And, and if you guys have ever noticed these sickos out there that have some weird sexual desires, especially when it comes to comes to children, they started off watching loads and loads of porn and beef in in a set at a certain point it stopped doing it for them their desires started mutating okay these guys that have these weird sexual lusts started with pornography 
Well, the, the point is, is your body adapts to many things. It doesn't matter whether drug, you know, if you've ever had a um, surgery and you get a pain med, um, day one and half might have been enough for you by day 10, 10 is barely enough for you and so on. And the body adapts to it and pornography is no different. And so, yes, in order to get off, and I've talked to those with pornography addiction, I've done mentoring with that, that it used to be they could watch pornography for a whole 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was enough. Yeah. Boom. They were there. And then it turns into 30 minutes and eventually an hour, then a few hours before it would even get them anywhere. And then, yes, it gets deeper and darker down the rabbit hole of what they need to see in order for them to reach their climax. Yeah. And it's, it's a, it's a nasty tunnel and you don't want to be in it and it's not okay. And I've heard, I heard some other church groups out there talking about, and, and they're out there folks. Oh, properly sourced pornography is okay. Listen, you, there's no properly sourced pornography. Uh, you What's and your FDA wife. regulated? Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> We've had people watch this, okay? <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. This has been approved. Um, it's got a 99% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> so so you, you see that, you go, wow, um, it, 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 it does ruin people. It's important for people to understand it's not okay. There's no properly sourced. And your mind will, will have a lust in it that would be otherwise. You can't avoid that when you're watching it. Mm-hmm. And then that's not your wife. And the, the Bible talks many times about nakedness. To see someone else's nakedness, it's not for you to turn away from that. That is not for you, period. Go ahead. Um, and one of the ways that I really liked hearing it put was, if you have a crush on some girl, you 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 like her, you want to be with her, would you watch her have sex with another guy? No, probably, probably not. not. <laughs> no. Right, yeah, no. Uh, You're getting pleasure out of doing that exact same thing by watching porn. No, exactly. I mean, it's a it's, good point. It's, and it is so easily overlooked. It is in movies. It is in TV shows. It is in so many things. And it is just like it's normal now. Oh, it, it went around my high school when we were when we were that age. Everybody watches porn. Everybody does that kind of stuff. It's okay. I mean, it's just a natural part of growing up. And it's like, oh, geez, I really hope that's not going to be natural when I get older for my kids because it's not good for you no, <laughs> mentally or physically. You know what I mean? And that's what's important about keeping your kids really a distance from this stuff because knowing the other parents, if they're not, and this is where they unequally yoked, if you're yoked with parents that are not Christian homes, good, solid Christian homes, you know that that would not fly in their home, then it's best that you don't let your kids go there because they're going to be influenced and those parents are going to let things happen in their household that you would never allow to have happen. And if that makes you a jerk parent, then be the biggest jerk you can be flat out. Your kids may not understand it and they may even at times hate you for it. Let them hate you for it. The bottom line is, is one day when they look back, they'll understand why. They'll understand why, for sure. And, uh, you know, in Revelation uh, 21.8, and this is a couple verses about, really, the damnation that comes from all of this, really, is, but the fearful, this is 21.8, but the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and the whoremongers and the sorcerers, idolaters and liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And then in Jude 1.7, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them, like uh, in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Which the Sodom and Gomorrah piece, right, is a great segue into really our, our, our last um, pieces here, uh, which, which we still got a little chunk to go. Uh, but certainly 
we have to really touch on homosexuality in, in its depth, okay? And in what the Bible really speaks each time. We, we, we did have some verses earlier, but it's important 